Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. There are over 2 million apps in the app store. So getting your app made, much less discovered, is a monumental task, which is why I'm so excited to have Lisa Donovan, the founder of the wildly popular astrology app, The Pattern, on today's episode to tell us how it's done. Since launching The Pattern in 2019, Lisa has grown the app exponentially, garnering over 15 million users including celebrity devotees like Channing Tatum, SZA, and Issa Rae. Clearly, she knows a thing or two about how to build an app, stand out, and garner those users. Needless to say, I'm really excited to talk to Lisa about how to actually turn an app into a reality and find out how she has such accurate readings. Trust me, guys, I am obsessed with this app. It honestly kind of creeps me out sometimes how accurate it is. So without further ado, let's welcome to the work party, Lisa. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to chat with you for a multitude of reasons, but one of which is that you kind of, you know, one, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've come from this background, um, which we'll get into of the YouTube social media world. And now you are the founder of the Pattern app, which we will talk all about. But before we get into the pattern, I wanted to get back to the beginning for a moment because your story, as I said, is multifaceted and impressive. You were an early adopter of YouTube and quickly amassed a huge following before co-founding Maker Studio, which sold to Disney for $675 million. Congratulations. (laughs) What was the biggest? Well, one, tell us about what Maker Studios did. And two, tell us about that entire process of getting to that point. Yeah. As you said, I started as a YouTube content creator. So this was a very natural progression because, you know, I was there early days, like when YouTube started. Um, and it was very early days. So it was one of the first 
people that they monetize with, but it was still really hard to kind of make a living there. And that was sort of the goal and the dream of it. And that was the inspiration for co-founding maker studios is really to bring other YouTube content creators together. And if we work together and pulled resources and monetized um, together that we could create a sustainable life and living. Did that in 2009, went to insane amounts of debt, got a bunch of leases in my name of YouTube content creators out and went all in on the studio model, which eventually grew into a network model. And it was just, you know, right place, right time, putting in those 10,000 hours and really just filling a hole because YouTube content creators weren't really being taken care of. They were sort of a unique breed, you know, and we were there sort of helping to support them and grow their channel. And, and it was just an incredible experience. And then, as you said, five years later, we sold it to Disney. Yeah. I mean, the, and it's so funny. You must now die when you hear a creator economy, creator economy, because you were the one creating the creator economy <laughs> and now it's everywhere. But that being said, obviously that's a huge success. Five years in being acquired, looking back, you know, what lessons did you learn from maker that you brought with you into your newest venture? Wow. So many, I mean, and like you said, yeah, I think that was the challenging part in the beginning, just getting people to think this was a real thing that was here to stay and this mattered and these people mattered and being a content creator. And that is a huge lesson. Even just, if you have a vision and you have an idea and you see something and you really believe in it to follow through on it, because it was a lot of resistance in the beginning people not really understanding why this mattered and where the future was with this. So that, that was a huge lesson I took away even in starting the pattern because it was just an idea you know, there wasn't anything, any blueprint for it. And, um, believing in it is a, is a big part of it. Absolutely. And so did you take time off after that? Did you launch the pattern immediately? I want to know how this all came about because when I read that you were the co-founder or the founder of the pattern in my mind, when I first, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm such a loser because everyone, I found the pattern. I don't even know how I downloaded it. I became obsessed with it. And then I like texted all my friends. I was like, guys, you have to get on the pattern. And they're like, yeah, we have been on the pattern for like three (laughs) years. So I thought I was like ahead of the game and I definitely wasn't. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is like an astrologer that started this or someone that's like in this sort of hippy dippy space. And it's actually you who's very much a businesswoman. So excited to hear about how you went from you know, fundraising, multi-million dollar exits to astrology. (laughs) Yes. No, definitely. I mean, I wasn't somebody who was, you know, the new agey, hippy dippy astrology gal. You're right. Like that wasn't my bag really. I mean, I was very immersed in this business maker and that was completely my life. And I need to come up with a better way to describe this, but for all intents and purposes, my life sort of leading up to that sailor around that. And after it was sort of falling apart on a personal level and the things I understood about myself and the choices I'd made, a lot of things were coming up for me. And I was in this sort of broken open, sort of vulnerable place that I hadn't ever probably been in before. And I started to seek and search and ask more questions about me and the choices I'd made and wound up having this astrology reading just out of the blue. And I was sort of blown away because it was nothing that I thought it would be. Like I said, I didn't come from that background. It wasn't really, I didn't grow up in a religious home. I didn't have a lot of spirituality in my life. And I was blown away because it wasn't new agey or cheesy. It was more like a psychological breakdown of who I was. You know, I say for business people, it's like a Myers-Briggs, but much more detailed. And he really understood, you know, my 
neuroses, my, my fears, my aptitudes. And it became an incredible tool for me when I was going through a very challenging time and sort of emotionally overwhelmed with things. Now I had sort of intention and understanding and I could sort of make peace with where I was at and understand other people and other players in my life and have perspective. And it's just an amazing experience for me. And so when maker was all sort of wrapped up and I was into this and studying and sort of obsessive about learning all about this new, new thing, astrology at a certain point, I was like, wow, this would be incredible. Somehow I could figure out how to mimic my experience and scale it. So people could have this wisdom. And I had me in mind and that I was going to leave out all this sort of astrology jargon and symbols so that there would be no barrier to entry and that anybody could, you know, go on there and really enjoy it without being sort of turned off or have a preconceived notion. And so I set out to do that seven years ago, really from a very organic, natural place, kind of like what happened with maker. It was just something that was happening for me. It was my life. And I thought this was just a great opportunity to share it with people. And it started from there. And I thought it would be easy, but it's not because there was nobody to hire to do it. I, I did not take a break while I was creating it. It was also a great catharsis for me and processing a lot of what I was going through at that time. So in a way I needed the pattern as much as it needed to be made. And, you know, I wound up, you know, creating the whole system and the algorithms because you're trying to take a oral tradition and, and put it into a system. And then I wound up writing all the content and that writing process was really very cathartic for me. And, and it was just a wonderful experience, even just testing it, you know, everybody I'd meet and it didn't matter their age or gender or anything. Everybody wants to feel seen and understood. And I realized how, wow, this, this is really for everybody. I would love as many people as possible to have access to this. And that kept me going and kept me writing for these years and years and years. You know, it was at the time my, my father was sick. So I wound up doing this all from my, my childhood bedroom. It was a very interesting time. And then, you know, we were in this, this beta, you know, I'd sent it to 25, 50 people and they'd shared it. You know, I saw that there was a few hundred people on it, but one day I woke up and there's just 30,000 people on the server. And to this day, I don't really know how that happened so quickly, but wow. from that point on, just word of mouth, just like you described how you were on it. And then you, you hit up all your friends. It just was like that. And we just were consistently growing, growing and there. And there it was. Have a calendar full of plans and nothing to wear? Same. Well, I guess nothing new to wear that is. I'm so ready to step out with a special outfit for each occasion and Rent the Runway makes that possible. A membership with Rent the Runway is basically a subscription to fashion. And by signing up, you'll gain access to shop the largest shared designer closet ever. They have the largest assortment of designer styles for more than 750 brands, including Maison Margiela, Veronica Beard, and so much more. I personally am eyeing a Derek Lamb dress for a few events coming up and can't wait to see what Rent the Runway has to offer for accessories as well. I'm thinking long gold earrings paired with a Misoma double chain necklace, a full look from different designers shipped to me in just one box. I can't believe how easy and convenient it is. Starting at just $69, memberships include fully customizable deliveries of designer clothing chosen by you on a monthly basis. Memberships are so easy to manage, which is perfect for busy women like us. You receive free shipping, cleaning, rental coverage, and the option to pause or cancel at any time. You'll have full access to a designer closet without the giant price tag. After a hot summer in LA, I'm so excited to start leading into fall trends. Cozy knits, classic denim, cupped bags, and the return of the blazer. 
I'm super inspired already. And with Rent the Runway, you rent and wear the styles that you choose. And honestly, I've never received a box I didn't like. Don't be afraid to step out bigger than ever before because when you rent the runway, the world is your runway. Plus, I have an exclusive offer for our work party listeners today. Of course, just use promo code PARTY for 30% off. This is valid for a very limited time. So visit renttherunway.com today. Enter promo code PARTY for 30% off. Terms and conditions do apply. But let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Kara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. We're the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Well, appreciate you also talking about what you went through during your acquisition. I think it's so funny because I think, you know, in so many ways, people are like, oh my God, the most exciting time of your life. But usually when you're at that point in your business, like everything else around you is falling apart. (laughs) It's all you're focusing on. Um, So I have been there and done that. Trust me, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm glad that you were able to kind of find this new thing that was giving you that new excitement, probably startup mode again, where you're feeling inspired versus like burnt out on everything else that you'd been doing. But the thing about the pattern is it's scarily accurate. It is so on point. Um, And as you mentioned, much of it is written by you. So how did you go from having this incredible reading to who do I bring in to help me build this? Like who were the people that you brought in from the get-go to not only create this algorithm, build the app, but also help with the sort of science and art behind it? I was really following my intuition, sort of my gut and my feeling about this. And so it really started out as myself and I, I sought out this astrologer and he was quite busy and traveling and doing things. So I'd get him for very short periods of time, maybe a week, once or twice a year. And I would literally extract as much as I could. And I found a coder that could understand astrology so that I could sit and create the formulas and create the algorithms, but then he knew how to code them. And so that was sort of the the first thing that was the main hire basically, because it was really just about me doing that, getting the information, understanding the system I wanted to create and have somebody put that in there. And then as that happened, I basically started to write. So I was just writing them and I found um, a wonderful editor and she was just great because my writing was very obsessive and I do it again and redo it. And, and, and she never complained. She just keep, keep editing. So those are the two main hires, um, in the beginning. And again, it started very small and slow. And I was just wanting to see if I could even create the system, you know, and I just knew that I wanted it to mimic my experience and to be super in depth. As you spoke to the accuracy, we could have created something, you know, very simple, like a little blurb, here in you know 10 blurbs about you or something very quickly but the vision for it for me was really for somebody to have a cathartic experience and to feel seen to feel understood to feel that accuracy and so that was sort of interesting in the beginning when I was trying to explain how robust I wanted the algorithms to be how deep I wanted the content to go and you know being like well so you want to write like a hundred pieces of content? I was like, no, more like 10,000. <laughs> like, you know, we really want this to be a thing, you know, I, I would, you know, but again, I think this sort of ignorance of having no idea what 
you know, you're doing in the beginning is great because you wind up just getting yourself in it. I was just in the deep end. And then it was just, well, I have to keep doing this until it, until it's right. Um, and so that was the initial I'd say. And then it was about having to find, you know, other tech people to come in and support from there. So what would you say were the, the challenges you faced early on? I think the biggest challenge for me, certainly just the idea and the vision of it was tough because people didn't really know what I was talking about. And this was, you know, astrology is having a little bit of a moment now and self-help is a little bit out there, but this was, you know, a while ago. Um, so it wasn't really happening at the time. And I kept describing it as like, it's not an astrology app. It is, but it's not, you know, and people are like, what? what do you mean? I was like, that's not what it's about. It's really about being seen and understood and you're going to understand yourself. And you're like an astrology app. I was like, no, no, no. So there's no astrology jargon. There's no astrology symbols. It's the methodology or algorithm would be rooted in that, but it's much more than that. So that I'd say was probably the most challenging because it was really people not understanding. And it was a lot of hitting your head against the wall, especially when you're originally starting to outsource the technology and what you're trying to do. And I'm going to redo it and redo it. And I was like, wow, I really just need to get something built so I can at least speak to something that people can look at and get because, you know, I was, I was trying to explain it and I try and create presentations and whatever I could to, to do that, but it just wasn't clear enough. So that took a bit of time. And that's why I was like, okay, I just got to kind of slowly do this, have it there. And then people will be able to see it. And then we can build from there. Absolutely. So it sounds like you've had a lot of word of mouth momentum in the sense of, as you mentioned, one day you woke up, there was 35,000 people on the platform. Speaking of that growth, the app added over 3.5 million users during the pandemic, which is super impressive, but kind of makes sense because everyone was reeling and trying to find guidance and figure out what to do. And a lot of people uh, found out about the pattern through celebrity fans. So I know Channing Tatum has posted about it, Issa Rae, et cetera. What has been your strategy in terms of marketing, if any, and how have these celebrity proponents helped the growth boom essentially to 3.5 million people? Yeah. I mean, we've been so lucky and I'm just so grateful because like I said, the way this started, that was, that was it. It was like that. I say this every time I do a podcast, it was like, you know, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. There was all of a sudden 30,000 people. And then that just was this consistent growth. So the strategy for me was, we'll let it do its thing. I love this. I didn't want to force this down anybody's throat. I didn't want to be pushing it on anybody. I, I love that. It was just, if it, if it felt real to you, share it with a friend. And that's what was happening. And that was, I mean, just amazing. Cause that's what I would have done had I architected it that way, you know, and it just sort of happened. And so we let that go. I mean, we've grown to almost, you know, 8 million users and we've never done PR marketing. That's just started in June for the first time ever. We're just dipping our toes or doing a podcast like this, you know, bringing awareness to it, but that was all through word of mouth. And then someone like a Channing Tatum, I mean, it's just amazing. It comes along and makes this video and then, you know, you get an extra million people to come on the app and, and awareness. But yeah, if, if I could have, I would have let it just continue to go like that. You know, we're sort of in the process of trying to scale it to the next level. And this is part of growing a business. So I'm, you know, being more front and center and speaking about it, but that was the strategy. Just let it, let it do its thing. Let it speak for itself. 
Absolutely. And obviously getting all these people to, that, to an app is great, right? But you obviously need them to stay there and retain their interest over time. So how do you ensure existing users are getting the most out of the app and coming back for more? How are you guys sort of thinking about that? And then also, how do you deal with the pressure of having that many people tuning in to essentially your, for advice, for guidance, for, you know, kind of this fun information to your point, you are going to need to be creating 10,000 plus pieces of content Mm -hmm. at some point. So how are you dealing with that? Yeah. And that content is, you know, already written. That's why I spent, you know, three, four years doing that. So that's all in there, you know? So what was, what's great about that is it took away a lot of the pressure and that it's there. Right. So I'm not like having on the fly, write All of it now. So in terms of retaining, I think, but again, has been so wonderful about the pattern is people have this initial experience with it and they feel so connected to it and there's a trust built. So that connection, I think is a lot of the retention that people do come back to it. Maybe somebody comes back every day and, you know, through our push notifications, that's a way we have sort of daily stuff that's going on daily reminders, but some people it's more about, this is a safe place I can go to when I need it. So I'm going through a tough day or a tough transit or a breakup. Then I go in and maybe I dive in for a month. Right. And then some people it's weekly and it's just this place to come back to, you know, to get sort of centered again. And I think that initial experience is sort of the most powerful because that, that is sort of how the retention works for us. They come back, you know, in addition to us, obviously doing push notifications and, and now doing things like a podcast or bringing awareness, but there is that thing of somebody's established a relationship and they, and they do come back. And one of the coolest features or the feature that I really enjoyed is the bonds feature where you can pick a celebrity if you want to, or one of your close friends or family members or whatever, and kind of you know, see where your bonds lie, like where the positive, you know, energy is, where the negative vibes are, like the way, the way it works with everyone. And recently you rolled out a beta version of a dating add-on called connect due in part to, I'm sure demand from your users. I'm sure now everyone goes on a date and puts their, you know, bond in pattern to see Hmm. what it tells them. So can you tell us a little bit more about the feedback you've gotten and why this feedback loop is so important to to anyone's business moving forward and, and why they should be listening? to their customers. Oh, definitely. It's so important. And that's, that is where connect came from. It was from the users wanting, you know, they've had this very personal experience and it's very authentic and real for them. And now they're like, wow, if this could be applied to dating, that would be incredible. So this is something, you know, we've gotten this feedback from the beginning and something we always intended to do. And so we've done it now and, um, we're in a beta with it. And and we're in that process right now of just understanding what the community thinks of it, tweaking, you know, changing, perfecting, you know, before we really um, drive to it and market it. And because it's that important, you know, communicating with the, with the community is everything. And and the bonds, I think uh, people are, are loving, you know, there's like 35 million bonds have been run People love that because it's just a way to better understand your relationship with the other, which is a big part of why I built the pattern too. It's to better understand yourself, but connect with others in a deeper way. So how can I understand your perspective? How can I understand the patterns between us? So I take them less personally and it's just a great foil or tool for having just a more authentic connection. And now we're applying that to dating. So, you know, before you can connect or 
meet somebody or chat with them, you got to run the bond and have context to relationships. You're starting from a very real place. Hey, Work Party listeners, we're taking a quick break to shout out one of our amazing sponsors, Lumino. I've learned so much about my oral health from this amazing brand. And today we're debunking a common myth. The myth, you only have one immune system. The truth is you actually have two. Your oral microbiome acts like a second immune system. It is your first line of defense against external toxins, infection, and disease. Your microbiome is working 24-7 to help protect you. What if there was an oral care line that protected your microbiome? Well, good news, there is. Lumino, spelled L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X, is the first oral care line designed to strengthen your oral microbiome, saying no to lots of ingredients that can harm it. That's why they pronounce their name Lumino, because it has no harsh bleaches, no artificial dyes, no alcohol. Only delicious, hardworking ingredients that clean, freshen, and whiten, as well as the other guys, without the harm. Introduce yourself to Lumino. They are dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. Join us. Be illuminating. Go to oralessentials.com and use the code PARTY to save 15% off your first order. That's oralessentials.com, code PARTY for 15% off your first order. So you're running this app. You have millions of users. Ratings and reviews are one of the most important metrics for gaining traction in the app store. It's really competitive real estate. But as we know, not everyone will love the product you put out there. And honestly, the most people who write reviews are people who are not happy. Let's just be real. So how do you know when to take constructive criticism to heart and when to tune it out? And what has been your strategy in terms of the reviews and the app store in general? Yeah, I think it's really important to hear what people are saying, you know, and often they're really pointing out some great things that you need to know. So, you know, and certainly in the beginning and, you know, cause things like we said, we were almost catching up. This, this thing was growing before we even had a huge tech team or anything, you know? So a lot of that would be around the tech or if something broke, you know, users really are just, they want to use the app. So they're very frustrated if it's, there's an issue that you're having tech wise. So those are very important for us to hear about. And it's always just great to get the feedback. And I try, you know, to not take things too personally and really just take it as constructive. And that might even come from years of being a YouTube content creator where you just, you have to, (laughs) you have to have really thick skin because people are going to say crazy things about you. So it's, if something resonates within you in a real way, you probably know that that is constructive. And you also know when people are just projecting their anger or upset and it really has nothing to do with you. So I think I feel pretty clear about that, you know, and, and a lot of times we want to do a lot of the things that they're, or just like, you know, it's just about time and resources and money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And hopefully they, they start to realize that. So yeah. obviously you've built such a successful career and have experienced a lot of highs and lows as an entrepreneur. Looking back, what are some of the biggest lessons or failures that you've gone through that maybe at the time felt like the end of the world, but in retrospect, actually really helped you inform your career path or make you a better entrepreneur. Yeah. There's so many of those things. And, and I think even just saying what you said at the time, you think it's the biggest failure in the world and it winds up being the best thing that could have ever happened, you know? So I think there's a bit of like knowing you don't quite know at the moment how this is going to shake out and just try and stay grounded in it. Um, I think a big thing is hiring. I learned a lot about hiring and just making sure people are in the right sort of positions where they can really thrive. Cause I think that can be challenging, you know, if you're, if you kind of don't have the right team and I just have the most amazing team and I'm so grateful for them. 
that makes your business, you know, the people that you work with and the passion they put into it and that they're able to uh, do their job in the, you know, in the best way. And I think those kinds of things were, were challenging, especially when you're in a startup, because every person is so important. So if you don't have the right hires, it can be, it can be really tough and being able to identify that and, and, and change and, and fix things. Yeah. Hiring is so crucial. So how big is the team at the pattern now? It's a really good question. Cause we just hired a couple more. I guess we're about 15 now. 15. And then how big was maker at its biggest when you were there? 400 people. Wow. Uh, I so, was amazed when I, when I sort of stepped in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, which do you like better? <laughs> well, what are the pros and cons and the challenges of either? Because I think that's the thing, you know, for every entrepreneur, you were clearly at 15 at one point at Maker and Indeed. then 400. So, so right. tell me a little bit about the learnings around that. It's the same thing. It started really small and it's very much about the people you're working with and those relationships. And it's wonderful when you're working in a small capacity because everybody's so in it and you're together and you're all so focused and, you know, the stakes are, are high for everybody and it's just starting. And, and then, you know, and maker, a lot of the people we had were friends and family and moving tons of people out. I mean, it was like, we were just like in this huge section of, you know, sort of Venice where everybody lived and everybody was, and, you know, it's very communal and it's, it was really fun. It was wonderful. And as it grows, it gets a little wild because, you know, of course you don't, you don't know half the people there anymore. And, and, and I was so used to a very uh, personal business. So I do love how small our team is and how intimate it is. And, and I'm also excited for us to grow and scale. And it's just, it's just different. You know, you're managing and you're delegating a lot more as it gets bigger. You don't have to be as hands-on with everything. And that's the wonderful part of it. And that's what I love about the team I have now, because now I can just sort of delegate, you know, most of what I used to do. So it frees me up to do other things. Definitely. So if you could go back to the beginning of your career with the knowledge that you have now, what's some advice that you would give yourself or an entrepreneur who's just starting out? Oh my gosh. Wow. I should have a really good answer for that. I feel like I'm asked that all the time. I feel like you should need to have one. I think really just being true to yourself and really listening to what you know. A lot more of this is common sense than you think. You know, I think... I didn't know anything about business when I started. Right. And that's what I, I feel like I learned. I was like, Oh, this is just sort of common sense. And okay, this makes sense. And this doesn't. And there was a knowing and an intuition and understanding that usually when I followed that, it was great. You know, and when I sort of betrayed that or ignored what was sort of clear, because maybe you're intimidated or you sort of get coerced out of something because you don't trust yourself then you wind up learning, you know, pretty, pretty hard lesson. So I'd say, you know, ideally you're doing something, you're building something for the right reasons, meaning not to, you know, prove something or this and that, but something that really speaks to you that you want to build. And it's, it's a passion for you and, and try and trust yourself and trust what you know, and, and know that it's a lot more common sense than you think. Agreed. So what's next for you in the pattern? You know, how are you continuing to deal with this insane growth in 2021 yeah. and beyond? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, a big part will be actually launching connect, like I said, we're in beta and we're figuring it out and we're perfecting it. So I'm really excited to actually really launch that and also always improving the pattern and the experience there, adding a lot more content, you know, work boss, coworker content, parent, child content, you know, other kinds of auxiliary content that helps support 
the patterns that you have. So just continuing to improve that experience and also, you know, launch the dating connect. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap with some sentence finishers. My biggest strength is I think I'm pretty flexible, you know, in business, it's very helpful, helpful to be flexible. Uh, Okay. It's not working. We'll go in the other direction. So I don't, I don't hold on too tight. You know, I'm not, it's not like, Oh, it's gotta be this way. And we have to stick to it to the end. Okay. It's not working. Let's, let's move. Let's try something else. Let's go. Especially in 2020. I would definitely agree with that. I'm curious about this one. Who would be your dream person to use the pattern? Probably a lot of the people I listen to. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I love so many Caroline Mace and Eckhart Tolle, Oprah, you know, I mean, uh, and she's a phenomenal entrepreneur. I mean, my God, I feel like Oprah should be on the pattern. I feel like that's I definitely, a, a, an attain, it's an attainable goal. I feel like for you, for sure. <laughs> that would be great. She'd be, she's, she's definitely like an entrepreneur that I look up to. I love that. And then any business books that changed your life or podcasts that you subscribe to? I'm usually reading a lot more the category. How do you explain it? Just, I'm into people like Caroline Mace and Eckhart Tolle and more trying to be grounded, uh, you know, uh, amidst all the, the wildness that a business is. I sort of focus a lot of my like reading and listening to things that help, um, give me perspective and not get too caught up in it. Totally. Yeah. I know. I always joke. Everyone asks me that too. Like, what's your favorite business book or podcast? I was like, I don't listen to business books or podcasts when I'm done at the end of the day. I'm like, I want to listen to like a true crime. Uh, right. 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 <laughs> okay. And then when I want to relax at the end of a long day, I typically. Anytime I can be in nature, walk, ocean, wherever. Yeah. I love it. Well, an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Lisa. Can you tell people where they can learn more about you and the pattern um, and where they can follow you guys on social media as well? Yeah. If you go on Instagram, we're at the pattern and we're on iOS and Android. So app store and play store search for the pattern. I'm mother of patterns on Instagram and, uh, yeah. Hope you enjoy the pattern. Love it. Amazing handle. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the work party on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at work party on Instagram and at it's a work party on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're interested in creating your own podcast or want to know the ins and outs of the business of podcasting, we've teamed up with the lady gang to bring you the pod class, a comprehensive guide that covers everything from planning your content to sourcing guests, to becoming your own in-house producer and so, so, so much more. All are available for purchase on the Create and Cultivate website now. That's createcultivate.com. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.